Hi everybody, welcome to Agitator. My name is J. David Osborne, and that is Kelby Low. Uh, yeah, I got this I got this kiddo. He's he didn't want to take a nap, but the show must go on. Hey Bubs, come on, bro. Drink your bottle. Come on. This is um for people who don't have kids, it's hard to explain how much depends on them taking their nap and when they don't you begin to get filled with a desperation where you start to plead with a one-year-old like please please go to bed please for god's please don't do this and then you see he's you know he's laying on a pillow he's drinking his bottle his eyes are closing and then you see him throw the bottle across the bed, roll onto his belly, push himself up, and you're like, oh, fuck! You know? <laughs> yeah. I was pleading with Rowan last night. Like, he just kept... He does that a lot. He'll just lay there awake, just being quiet and everything. And I'm like, I, I can't have you just, like, getting into shit if I go to bed. Like, just go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just make me think you're asleep. Just fake me out. Like, <laughs> give me some kind of peace of mind. <laughs> Do whatever you mm-hmm. want after that. Just like make me think you're asleep, and so I can. So you have plausible deniability. Yeah. I didn't know. I thought he was asleep. He faked me out. He put a bunch of pillows in the shape of a child <laughs> in his bed. He he does do that with his uh because we have a little camera. Um, one of those baby monitors and uh, he's done that a few times with his stuffed animals I'll look at the camera and be like damn he's still asleep and then all of a sudden he runs in the room what are you doing I'm like wait what <laughs> uh, god damn it god damn it it's one thing that I think a lot of people who don't have kids uh, wouldn't really understand I've said it I've probably said it before on the podcast but the thing about having a kid, this is my experience from one year of doing this, is that um, is that it's relentless. I have some friends, Keaton t- told me this before Gus was born, because apparently Keaton has a chill, well he's got a girl, so I don't know if that's different, but he was like, dude, parenting is the easiest shit ever. <laughs> it's like they, they, they just kind of hang out. And <laughs> that has not been my experience. Oh no! In, in the in the slightest, it's nonstop. From the second he wakes up, he's crawling on me. He's uh, punching my face. He's yelling, and that I mean that doesn't that doesn't end. Like that, there's no point in the day where that stops. And you know he has so many toys to play with, and he doesn't want to play with a single fucking one of them. He wants to play with cords. He wants to play with sharp pieces of metal. He wants to try to jump off the bed. I mean, the toys are literally just sitting there. And all he does is go over to his toy box, knock it over, throw his shit everywhere, and then go crawl to stick his finger in a fucking light socket or some shit, you know? <laughs> that's a, that's, the, that's the airy side. Yeah, bro. He's got the airy side. He's, he's started using his vocal cords to see right now like he's sitting on the bed 
and he just smiles at me and it's this it's just the strangest combination of emotions right where it's like oh i love you but also it's just like god fucking damn it jesus christ please (laughs) (laughs) please for the love of god go to sleep yeah no people don't get it if you don't have a kid you don't have a kid fuck you yep what's wrong with you you should go knock up your girlfriend or boyfriend right now Mm-hmm. yeah whatever yeah we don't whatever we they... don't judge you this the agitator is an all-inclusive podcast <clears throat> you, it's true so go knock up your boyfriend if you're a lesbian go knock up your girlfriend which can i mean it can that can that happen is that a thing i guess i guess it can happen because words don't words don't mean anything anymore really right right which i'm not complaining about i don't give a fuck but (laughs) it's just true words just don't mean anything i also just i knew we crossed a certain in general well i just i knew we crossed a line where you could have a a guy and a girl in a relationship and the guy could be like i am a lesbian with a penis and just change nothing about himself you know just be like, I'm a lesbian that, with a penis. See, did you not grow up thinking you were a lesbian? I thought lesbian meant you were into chicks when I was a kid. No, I never thought that I was a lesbian, but, I mean, I, I could see... Uh, I'm trying to give you the benefit of the doubt and not call you retarded five minutes into the show. But <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to be kind. No. But short answer... No. All my friends did though when we were like 11, 12, whatever. It'd be like, bro, you a lesbian? Like, what? No? What, you, you're not a lesbian? You faggot. Oh, so you were. Okay. Yeah, that's one of those kid. those kid things. Um, where you would like say, hey, look down your shirt and spell attic remember that one that oh one. yeah <laughs> that was great <laughs> i love <laughs> retarded kid shit yeah yeah so say then it gets more complex because it would be like look down or say say i then spell cup then say funny colors i'd be like this is an instruction manual for this <laughs> and it's just gonna end with you calling me gay anyway so we can skip all the can skip the manual and just get right to it. it just gets like really complicated it's like all right here's what i want you to do i want you to spell night but take the ht out of it then i want you to make the sound that a bear makes that's a good one see how yeah, my brain is, like, programmed to follow along because I went through so many of those. Just trying to, like... That's right. Just trying to get it right. Yeah. But it always ended yeah. up in me getting slapped or called gay or something. I never got yeah. it right. Childhood was a lot of fun. I'm, I miss it sometimes. I'm also really glad that I'm a grown-up. I was thinking about that while I was driving today. There's a strange... I don't know, there's a strange quality to springtime in Oklahoma 
where you're passing all of these strip malls, they never have any customers, but the stores are still open. And, you know, it's old furniture stores and Christian bookstores. And I don't know why, but those areas to me feel like time portals. And I start to think about the late 90s, early 2000s, pre-Amazon type stuff, like where people would yeah. actually go to those stores. Yeah, because they're actual I don't know. stores. Yeah, and I, I just get this weird time warp feeling like I've gone into the past. Press a different button, dog. Press <laughs> There's like 85 buttons on this shit. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. There's a, a Christian bookstore gift shop around here that uh, mm-hmm. seems to be pretty thriving. It's owned by a couple old gay dudes that I didn't know it was. That's what's up. I thought they were brothers. The classic, yep. uh, the classic, like, Hank Hill retard. Who's like, oh, is this your brother? <laughs> Sorry, I gotta turn that off. That shit's driving me crazy. <laughs> he just keeps hitting the same button. Uno, dos, tres. Cuatro. We're trying to teach him Spanish because it's, you know, it's his bloodline is Mexican. Even though he looks white. That's really a shit hand to look white but be Mexican. It's like the worst of both worlds. <laughs> Man, Rowan looks like a straight-up mixed baby. Like, he's going to be one of those ambiguously yeah. race. Like, people can mm-hmm. be like, hey, that, what, wait, is he white? Man, what is he? Like, he's Rowan. It's me, Rowan. <laughs> I've been, I haven't been on Twitter this week very much at all. And I think it's because Twitter's algorithm is trying to piss me off, but I, I don't take the bait anymore. I don't know if you've experienced this when you get on Twitter, but all my shit is about trans stuff coming from every angle. On the one hand, you got people saying that trans people want to groom babies into being trans, which I don't, I mean, that could be true. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I feel I like, know uh, the... I feel like there's some weird, man, I don't even know where it's, actually coming from but just i saw something about trying to talk about gender to three-year-olds in schools or something like yeah. that and i was like yeah no what oh that reminds me actually one of rios's friends sent her this book i'm gonna go grab it right now it's called the gender creative child what? and on the cover there's a boy who's dressed up as a girl Pathways for nurturing and supporting children who live outside gender boxes. All children live outside gender boxes. Yeah, this might be Dr. Aronsaf's most revolutionary idea so far. Uh, we need to learn how to listen to our children. They will tell us what they need. I don't know. This book got, like I said, one of her friends sent this to her to mail because a lot of her friends are libtards, you know? Uh-huh. I mean, how many pages is this thing? This thing is fucking... It's almost a 300-page book. Wait. Oh, it's yeah, for it's 250... I thought yeah. I thought yeah. it was like for Gus, like one of those anti-racist baby things. No, no, it's it's base it's a parenting so, you know, people will send you what to expect when you're expecting and shit. 
Uh, somebody sent her the gender creative child. But you see, you know, like, so I'm not going to read that. Um, Bro, they're calling you I don't kid think gay. she. I know. Oh, now I'm mad. Now I'm pissed. <laughs> they just called you but like, gay. I mean, I'm not going to read it, but also I don't. I don't know. what. I mean, I guess there are some parents who would read that and. I've seen a lot of shit like that online too, where they're like, "My four-year-old is uh, non-binary." I'm like, what? The fuck are you talking? Like, I'm not against that because of uh, like non whatever nine non nine binaries. I have nine binaries. This is nine. Binary. <laughs> I'm nine yeah. binary. I'm nine binary. What's that mean? My gender revolves around uh, the German movement of the 1930s. Oh, no. <laughs> No binary. Nine binary. I don't know, bro. I just, you know, I just see this stuff and I'm online. And where Twitter's fucking up is that they think they're going to pull me in with this shit, right? Like, because you're going to, they're going to find the the guy who wears the, you know, the skull um, bandana thing and does like the Nazi salute and shit. And he's going to say, trans people are trying to you know have sex with your children and then on the other side they're gonna find like someone wearing cat ears living in absolute filth who says i'm trying to have sex with your children you know and (laughs) (laughs) neither of those things are gonna bother me because i mean number one no you're not and then number two you know this whole uh, Florida, uh, Florida B, it's like Florida's gay or something. There's a law now that you, if you're in Florida, you're gay. Um, <laughs> I think that's what the, that's what the law says. I'm like, that's fine. That's cool. I mean, I don't know, dude. I just, you know, my, my point about all of this is that I don't care. So that's what, that's where Twitter is fucking up. Now they got, they used to get me all the time with COVID stuff. All they had to do would be to post something about COVID, whether it was somebody saying something retarded about how COVID was going to kill everybody, or if it was, you know, something about, you know, a bombshell new study that shows that COVID's fake or whatever. That would get me every time. But not anymore. Now that it's moved to like Ukraine and trans stuff, I'm like, oh, I don't, I just, I don't give a shit. It's fine. Yeah, and it's it's hard to even understand what's actually going on a lot of the times. And this is like mm-hmm. conspiracy theorist brain a little too. Because I'm, I'm a big non-truster, but I don't know if I'm like conspiracy theorist uh, on your level. Though I never really disagree with you, so maybe. And maybe, I just, yeah. maybe I'm just not as active. Um, yeah. I'm too busy not giving a fuck but it it makes it hard to see what's actually going on because you already got to look at what say the government is telling you right or like mm-hmm. what the you know the school system is trying to say that they're doing right and then you got to mm-hmm. try to cut through that to, to get to the heart of what they're actually trying to do but then if you have people not even paying attention to what they're doing and saying that they're doing something that they're not doing, then you got to wade through all that shit, too. And it's like, hold up. I'm really confused now. What? Or, mm-hmm. Yeah, Florida's gay. I get, okay. Uh, 
Yeah, I love Florida. It's one of my favorite states. I used to live in Orlando. It was great. Disney World, Universal Studios. Um, lots of really weird people. The Florida man uh, stereotype is... It's pretty true. It's just because it's so hot and humid down there. I read somewhere once that the only reason that Florida man's a thing is because Florida is the only state that lets its newly arrested people go on the news or some shit. I don't know. In my experience, though, it is a it is a genuinely weird state. And we used to go to Gatorland. Shit was so dope. It's exactly what it sounds like. Uh huh. There's one thousands of, of alligators. This is basically yeah. Florida. Like I basically live in Florida, Texas. That's true because you're on the that whole coast is basically just Florida. Yeah, um, like all that Florida man shit. I'm like, that's like my neighbor. That's like here. That's, sure. Some, sometimes that's me. <laughs> I'm, mm-hmm. I'm Florida man. <laughs> you are. You kind of are Florida man. That's true. I guess it's just because it's what I see so much of. It. It feels like. It's it's requiring some kind of commentary, and the trans thing is really weird because I've just I've always had friends who are trans, you know, like a, an odd amount of trans people in my friend group. Uh, there's something and in it's, the water you know, in Oklahoma. There's something in the water in Oklahoma. There is a shocking amount of trans people, but I mean, I just I mean they've always been pretty pretty chill pretty normal so <laughs> it's the it's the problem with the internet right is that it's just going to amplify the the biggest freaks to the forefront of these things you know and uh it's whoever can piss the most people off is going to be front and center which is why like you just you literally you can't believe anything you can't believe anything that you see on the internet not because like people are intentionally lying to you but because they're trying to piss you off that those are those are two different things because the truth is inconsequential they're not lying on purpose they're just like what's the way that we can spin this that's going to get people the most riled up yeah so they're going to find the most insufferable trans people they can find and amplify them give them a blue check because they just want to keep you fighting because that's how they make money yeah i've seen that even among our friends who have learned to game the system or something and try to get good at twitter Mm -hmm. for whatever reason because i'm not sure why you would want to be good at twitter i don't understand Mm -hmm. the point um Mm -hmm. we know people who are like proof to that you actually don't need it to be successful (laughs) so yeah spending all your time trying to get good at it is just a, a bizarre pastime but uh, I notice that in people we know all the time who are like, you know, I worry about it actually affecting their mental state and becoming, you know, them in real life. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, bro, you're like, you're cool. Why are you acting like this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Writers are big on that. Writers. Well, writers actually are the worst people just in the world, pretty much. Um, and it's because it's a it's an industry that's completely controlled and dominated by women. And so from the top down, it's just, you know, it's just women being women. And then you end up with uh, guys acting like that. Why couldn't we have put women in power when it was like the sweet old lady phase? 
Yeah. You know, like, cause yeah. like Erica had, um, uh, she's somebody who I'll talk about this kind of shit with and she like totally agrees with me. But like mm-hmm. where she works now before she retired cause she was old, her boss was a nice old lady, you know? And, yeah, right. and it was awesome. Like her old, you know, the whole uh, workplace got along, even if they didn't, you know, it was just like, it was just controlled well and the morale was high and mm-hmm. it's, it's like, why, why couldn't, why couldn't we have had those women if it had, if it had to be this, you know, weird gender specific power struggle, then why couldn't we have put the nice old ladies in charge? It's a good question. It's a good question. Yeah, I had some bosses that were middle-aged women. And actually, I'm trying to think if I've ever had a good boss. My boss was uh my boss moving furniture was pretty good. He was just a, kind of a dude. He uh he ended up owing me $400 when the when the business went under, but other than that, he was a good dude. Um I'm trying to think if I've actually had bosses though that I that I liked I've always just looked at bosses as suckers because if you got to that position in this job bro I mean (laughs) I mean come on and this like your entire existence is making $15 an hour to pretend you own a company yeah yeah it's rough I don't know I just I don't have it in me to to be uh, an employee I'm just I'm not a I'm not a good I gotta be doing my own thing so and that's why I'm uh, that's why I've made nothing out of my life so far I was I was really depressed like a week ago um, about just not being where I wanted to be financially and it just passes I guess you just get to a point where you're like oh okay you know I check my bank account I had like not looked at my bank account for about a week because I was worried about where it was at and I was avoiding looking at it. But then I looked at it and it was all right. So I went back to being okay again. I'm literally okay as long as I have enough money. I'm just, I'm just kind of fine. And I'm try- but I'm trying to push past that. I'm trying to get to a point where I actually get rich. My brain broke. I don't know. I was about to say something that I totally forgot. <laughs> you like went tea kettle. That was like a... <laughs> da, da, that's me. It was like a Twin Peaks moment. What are you doing, you big stinky? Where are you going? Bro, I don't understand anyone. And people people can like what they like. I don't, I don't, I really don't care. But I really don't understand anyone who doesn't like Twin Peaks. Twin, oh yeah, if you don't like Twin Peaks, get out of here. My wife likes Twin Peaks, and like, Erica doesn't mm-hmm. really get into that, like, she doesn't like to be disturbed by shit, like, I like to be disturbed by shit, she does not, uh, mm-hmm. she hates Eraserhead, I'm not even gonna show her Itchy the Killer, but, uh, no. yeah, she, she watched every single episode of Twin Peaks with me. That's dope, it's because it's a soap opera. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the soap opera. Yeah, it's one of those. I've. I don't know if I've ever heard anybody say they don't like Twin Peaks. 
Is that a thing? Twin Peaks season two. People say they don't like season two. That's a big thing. I love season two. But his. Well, yeah. I mean, the whole thing's great. But I've never the return. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say people. You know what it was when that first came out. I would argue with people on Facebook about the Dougie parts. People hated the the Dougie shit. And I was like, the Dougie shit is great. Yeah. It's just this retarded slapstick comedy in the middle of the show. And it, it really, for me, it really worked. I don't know. Did you just throw my remote control? That's how we turn on the TV. Well, he's going to do it again. <laughs> Erica bought me the return because we didn't, uh, you know, get into Showtime or anything when it was on. I was like, I'll eventually, mm-hmm. I'll eventually watch it. It's whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. And she got it for me for Christmas or something. And so we just watched it after everyone had their takes and after everyone had already seen it week to week and stuff like that and we just like watched like four episodes a day and i couldn't understand it's the it's the expectations you have like coming into it and then it's also like a little bit of that bait too like if you have to get it in snippets like week by week you know I could mm-hmm. see that. Like, man, is this? Haven't I been watching six episodes now? And are they still doing this? Like, is this is Cooper ever coming back? But I don't know. I don't really have expectations when I go into shit, though. I'm just... Bro, like four episodes into the return, when we were still on the Dougie shit, I I was hip to the game. I knew what was going on. I I feel like I wrote this online. I said we are Cooper's gonna come in at the, like the last episode. Like he's not he's not coming back. Uh-huh. Like this Dougie shit is going on for too long. This is gonna be this is something that Lynch clearly thinks is very funny uh-huh. to do. <laughs> and so tuck in, if you hate it now, it's it's not gonna stop. That's my PlayStation controller. You wanna watch TV? You wanna watch Sesame Street? He's hitting the TV with his hand. So my son watches TV. Bro, before he was born, I was so like, man, we're not gonna, man, fuck TV. He watches TV now. Man, some things kids are easy about. You just like, they'll want, if you give them both, it's like, hey, let's go outside and play. Hey, watch this. What do you want to watch? Like, chill out for a second. You give them both, and they do both. Like, sure. Rowan fucking came back three shades darker, took him to his grandpa's the other day. And uh, they were outside the whole time. He still, first thing this morning, he was like in his underwear. And he's just like, let go outside, trampoline, trampoline. I was like, you got to go to daycare, bro. Calm down. But uh, he'll also marathon watch some Mickey Mouse, which is pretty gay. But I thought like Mickey Mouse was going to grind my nerves. But since he's quiet and will watch it, I'm like, actually, this is fine. Watch it. I don't care. No, this is the. This is exactly the. Uh... Yeah, I turned it off, bro. I turned the piano part off. Yeah, Sesame Street doesn't bother me. It's like you said, when you become a parent, anything that will just keep him in one place where you know he's not going to kill himself for like 15, 20 minutes. Good. Mm. So, I grilled yesterday. That was tight. 
Yeah. Yeah. This is nice. Yeah. I like that we're both grilling now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I put my grill together. That ship was crazy. Came in like 40 parts. And you know me, I'm not... My mind doesn't work like that. My brain doesn't. I see all the parts. I'm like, what the fuck? Didn't somebody come over and build this for me? Kind of like a... I'm like a woman in that way. Um, but no, I built it. And yesterday I made some burgers. And the shit was, was just good. And I'm going to do it again today. Because I'm also going back to the gym. Because it's time to go back to being swole. Which is why like I'm sore as fuck today. I tried to take it easy at the gym. I did a leg day at home because I always feel like I look stupid in the gym trying to do squats because I'm not very flexible. So I just do squats in my garage with my kettlebell uh, naked in front of the mirror like you do. Yep. Just wearing my Tims. Um, but uh, wouldn't it be funny if I had Tims and I just like worked out in, in Timberland? It'd be uh, hilarious anyway. if uh, your um, shoe closet was just tims uh strap adidas flip-flops that's what i had one of those i had the slides yeah the slides the adidas slides yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and uh fucking black air force ones that would be sick i'm gonna do that i just wear chucks like a like a white bitch <laughs> um feel like oh y'all, y'all just Y'all just thought Kelby was the wigger of this show. Have y'all seen David's shoe closet? <laughs> it's all, it's all fucking. <laughs> it's just Air Force, and then my the, my clothes. It's just it's all Fubu. I'm like uh I'm like a early two thousands wigger. I got fat form and shit like that. So <laughs> um, what the fuck was I gonna say? You were oh yeah, so it's grill. a kettlebell naked. Together my grill. Yeah. Time, time to get, time to get buff, time to get big. I was doing pretty good before the kids showed up. But the thing was, is that I was drinking way too much, so I was a lot of empty calories. So I could never get rid of my gut. So I was like, you know, buff, but not, not looking svelte. And now I don't drink, which helps with the appetite too, because I was never eating enough. Because I would wake up and not want to eat anything, because I was just fucking. And I rash, <clears throat> I rationalize it in my head is. Well, I'm intermittent fasting, but it's just like, nah, bro, you're just not getting enough calories. So now I can eat. Now I can get it all done. But I'm trying to be like, uh, just like a big buff dad, you know, trying to go to like the, uh, I almost said the dog park where you let kids play, but no, it's just a regular park for kids. (laughs) Um, go to the, go to the park and just intimidate all the other fathers with my just insane size get like saline injections in my biceps so shit looks fucking just fucking tricked out i'll be just a tricked out buff dad hell yeah yeah i really man i i'm embarrassed that it's been like years now that i've been saying i'm gonna get swole and Mm -hmm. there's really nothing stopping me but me not wanting to fucking do it Mm mm-hmm but yeah, the I look too is, much is like you, a fucking you don't meth head. Like I can't be, you know, having every other parent think that Rowan's got a tweaker dad. Like, yeah, yeah. No, I mean you're right. And basically, you would just have to eat because all the all the legends are true. It's not the workout; it's the diet. 
it's 100% the diet. Because you go to the gym for an hour. I don't get these dudes who stay in the gym for three or four hours. It's more just, it's more fun for them. But once you pass a certain point, uh, I'm not sure what the biological term for it. I don't know if it's like an anabolic something or, or whatever. But anyway, once you get the muscles going and you, you wear them out, you're done. So like if you're tired and you're sore, you, you've worked out, you're good. And then the, the big part is straight up just eating everything you can get your hands on. And I'm not going to be fucking picky about what that kind of shit is. I'm just trying to get calories because you, you've got to have a caloric surplus to grow muscle. But it can't it can't be like empty, right? Like it can't be beer, right? Because you could get you could get twelve hundred calories from a twelve pack of Michelob Ultra, no problem. But that's not going to get you fucking buff. Right? So I got <laughs> I got peanut butter. I've got fucking cottage cheese, sandwich meat. I was even thinking about doing the you know the bodybuilder on a budget thing of just cooking up like a pound of ground beef and eating that throughout the day. Um, just season it and just snack on that whenever I want a little snacky and just go eat some ground beef. Hell but, yeah. Anything that you can put in a bowl, like cottage cheese or like ground beef or whatever, it's like cereal. It's like people always right. look at me funny, but I swear to God, like you cannot get full off of cereal and it has something to do with the way you eat it. Like it's that's like, interesting. It's in a bowl. Yeah. It's just a bunch of pieces I just spoon into my mouth. How would I get full off of this? That doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. It's fake. Um, but yeah, I got creatine. I went to GNC. Those dudes at GNC, they like they go back to the break room and somebody hooks their balls up to a car battery or something <laughs> to get them to sell this shit. Because every GNC I've ever been in, they, they swoop in so fast. They're like, dog, you need, bro, you need fucking, you need pre-workout, dog? Come on, bro. I was like, no, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to do pre-workout right now. I'm not trying to tweak. I'm, I'm past like the tweaker phase. They're like, all right, all right, all right. Well, how about this? It's got krill oil, whatever. I'm like, no, nah, I can't. I can't do krill oil. They're like, ah, because of the burps, right? No worries, bro. This one's got fucking, fucking bull ass in it. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, for sure. I literally just want protein and creatine. That's that's all I came here for. Oh, bro, what kind of fucking what kind of creatine? This one's got glutamine in it. Bro, that's sixty dollars. What do you got for like? They're like, oh, right, 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 right. Balling on a budget. Balling on a budget for show. All right. Well, we got this creatine, and it's got something that'll make your dick five inches. And I'm like, damn, five inches. Okay, sold. Like, damn. Tack on a, tack on like three inches on that shit. <laughs> I wish I could. Do anyway, uh, wish I could do the small dick jokes. Why, why? Why can't you? Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I have this filter in my brain that just can't be that dishonest. I'm not. I'm not good at. I'm not good at lying. So. Mm. I just. I just don't not pull the. I just don't pull the joke off. Oh. Uh, okay. Because your penis is too big. Yeah, it's just. It's just too big. Hmm. If it was a little bit smaller, I could be like, ha yeah, yeah, but, you know, mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. a little too big. Yeah, having a big penis is a, 
blessing and a curse, as we all know, because it's harder to go through airport security, I guess, because um, everybody thinks that you're carrying a weapon in your in your pants. Yeah, yeah, um, and they make you strip because they want to. Harder to order food at Popeyes. Um, it's harder to go to the Home Depot because it always gets caught in the blades of the lawnmowers. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to say all this shit with a straight face, but I don't know why it's the funniest shit to me. I'm, I'm, fun. I'm stupid. Yeah, you're yawning. Do you know why that? You know why you're yawning? Because you're tired. You are tired. You're tired. Excuse me. Set up a scaffold yesterday. It got rained out today. I thought I was like, man, this is gonna be a nice ambient podcast. I'll be like, you know, you'll hear brush strokes and dogs barking. And but mm-hmm. it got rained out this morning right after I set up the Damn. scaffold. Uh, dude who brought me a scaffold too is a sweetheart. Helped me put it together. I was like, damn. I mean, it's enough that you were letting me borrow the shit. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. but yeah, man, I I love heights too. Like I just I like painting because it's one consistent thing. It's like meditative, mm-hmm. and I get to be like like I'm painting the exterior of an entire house, and so I've got homie let me borrow a scaffold, and so I'm like up twenty feet in the air, just painting eaves and shit. I'm like, this is tight. Yeah, I can dig it. Yeah, I like heights too. I um, I uh, I'm always fucking getting up on stuff. Getting up on your boyfriend's date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really high. <laughs> it's really high up in the air. I look like one of those uh, native people in Africa who stands on the pole. That was that in Ace Ventura too, where. The tribes guy is like he's standing on this big totem pole, and they're like, he must stand up there for three days, no food or water. And Ace Ventura goes, earthquake test, and tries like shaking it to see if the guy will fall off. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was so fun. That was one of my fucking movies, man. Austin Powers and Ace Ventura. I watch those a lot. I uh, I liked the first Ace Ventura better than the second, but I would always watch mm-hmm. the second because I liked the cover more. Yeah, yeah, that, uh, yeah. That was one of my things Chicago. as a kid. If you if you got good box art, then like that's the movie I'm gonna watch, even if I've seen it and I'm like, eh, it's all right. Let's... Yeah, what's up with that? That's a thing though. That really is a thing. I think that is a lot of what happened with Broken River too. The books are great, but. When Rivera was doing uh, the covers, I think that pe- everybody just saw... Well, it was new at the time, too, because people hadn't you know, done the weathered cover thing to death. Now we do normal-looking covers because that's just the move. The move is more... like I love the Letting Out the Devil's cover, which is just you with a mosaic-out face, and it's hot pink and black. It's just it's it's a cool look. When people zig, we zag, right? Yep, yep. Uh, 
when people nag we never mind but like <laughs> the uh, <laughs> um but i think that the uh, what was i saying i was talking about the covers oh yeah like but people saw broken river and it had this very clear aesthetic and that is a part of it because and if you don't think it's a part of it you've seen how they do with classics where it'll be the lord of the rings and the cover will be like just some dude who's wearing a cloak yeah Uh, Yeah. you know what i mean like you can't read that you can read the beautiful uh you know gold leaf bible style lord of the rings because it looks cool but you can't read that fucking nobody buys those yeah shit bro cover. fantasy but kills me like mm-hmm. oh i'm reading uh you know a series of mirakami but well i guess it's not serious but i'm reading a bunch of mirakami books and uh mm-hmm. there's versions of these covers i don't have any of them i have the cool covers but uh there's ones that have like oh. anime girls on them yeah those are bad they're bro. so bad like it's not cool and like that that sounds cool if you described it like but nah they're like the like the like ramen noodle package anime girl that's... yeah that's a good way of putting it <laughs> it's so stupid it'll be like uh uh-uh. the audition one is just a chick holding a syringe um yeah it's just terrible <laughs> they're so bad it's bad and they had like murakami's had some banger covers the old school one for coin locker babies was this dude it was all blue and the dude had like neon paint on yeah. his face yeah and uh in the miso soup was this kind of blurred out chick gives you like it gives you the feeling of this hazy sexed out shinjuku style vibe yeah i have that one my in the miso soup copy is the chicken yeah uh, me too in her underwear with like yeah. her hands and then, tied or something yeah and then piercing was a rabbit with a needle near it which is also great because it, it tells you everything you need to know about that book that's probably his most fucked up one although i've been uh I've been taking Coin Locker Babies a few pages at a time, really slow, because I've been really into the Book of the New Sun. I've been getting into sci-fi and fantasy heavy, but uh, my Coin Locker Babies has a cool cover too. It's just a design. It's a black and white like maze or whatever. Yeah, that's the uh, current. So, I mean, it's that's fun. the current print. I got that one. Yeah, um, but. Uh, no, I mean, sci-fi and fantasy has completely white-pilled me on reading in general. Um, I'm, I'm slowly but surely, as I look out onto the world of sci-fi and fantasy, I'm finding out once again that I have found maybe the one thing that I will think is cool in the genre, which is the Book of the New Sun, because it's this Dark Souls future world where you know you're following around a torturer slash executioner as he's moving through this surreal landscape and he's encountering plant people and uh, strange creatures and mines and there are these digressions into philosophy 
I don't know. It's just it's a cool fucking book. And so I looked up, I Googled books like The Book of the New Sun. And it's like, uh, you know, um, Sword sword Fairy, Volume 1. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not into Sword Fairy. What's wrong? You don't want to watch Sesame Street anymore? That's okay. Oh, it's they're doing the gonger and cookie monster thing where they find ingredients. For the food. All right, you want to try to go to bed? Yeah, that's what's so hard about finding good books is uh, yeah, you can't trust what anybody says because it's like no, but right. I want it to be good. <laughs> like I want yeah. what you're trying to pitch to me, but I want it to be good. Yeah, I want it to be good, and I think that that is like. With fantasy and sci-fi, um, what had turned me off initially? Okay. Hold on, I gotta, I gotta make the. Here, sit here. You like this? All right. We're about to hear some. We might hear some crying here. Sorry in advance to our audience. Um, nobody, nobody quit listening to the show because of this episode. Make sure that you go to the next episode when we talk about movies again, because. I know that this one kind of sucks because, you know, kids are up and... Bro, if you slam your fingers in that drawer, I'm not going to feel bad for you. You've been through this enough. How smart do you think babies are? you think babies are smart enough to get that they... That, like, once they do something, if they do it a second time, are they just... Man. Are they just being crazy or what? You know how the definition of insane is, like... Yeah. Um, repeating and the like the same action over and over expecting a different result i'm like i mm-hmm. guess all babies are insane like that's yeah, just how that's we're born we're born fucking crazy it's crazy i mean he knows that the drawer is going to close so if he puts if he puts his fingers on the inside of it and slams it he's going to slam his fingers in it and yet and yeah, he does that. Oh shit, I gotta look at my task can. Hold up. Alright, here we go. I got it. Um, <laughs> How far away was it? Yeah, it wasn't that far. I'm sure it picked everything up. <sighs> but yeah, so with the sci fi and fantasy, the, the elements of it that I really dig are Gene Wolfe does exactly what I, what I like to do in my writing, which is he makes things very mysterious. There's a lot of you know suggestion without outright saying what's going on. Um, it's, it's just got this kind of cool vibe to it that makes me want to write sci-fi and fantasy, but I'm also at the point where I don't, I don't need to be a completist anymore of any kind of genre because I went through this with crime and I thought that to be a crime writer, I had to read a bunch of crime and I ended up finding a lot of shit that I just didn't like. And, but that's the, I mean... But at the same time, there are thousands and thousands of books out there that I know that I would enjoy. So I'm not going to confine myself to any particular genre, but I'm heavy on the sci-fi fantasy tip right now. And I'm going to write a 1,000-page epic, which I don't even know. I mean, I don't I don't know what you would even call what I'm going to do, but uh, I just think it would be funny if I became a massively successful sci-fi author because i'm stupid like the one thing that's always kept me from sci-fi is that you know there's hard sci-fi which actually knows the science and um one thing about the gene wolf books is that 
any criticism you read of them is basically there's no science in this science fiction at all none of this would work and that's when i start to really fuck with it because (laughs) fuck science yeah that's so gay like it gets Mm -hmm. oh it it gets a little lazy but you know when it's pulled off right like whenever it seemed like a lot of uh doctor who stuff started to get like lazy with the oh it's just timey-wimey wishy-washy whatever it's like okay you say that all the Mm -hmm. time bro like this feels like you know this feels like a little deus ex machina but um but that kind of shit is fun because who fucking cares like yeah we don't well it doesn't it has to make sense poetically and it has to feel like you're not cheating but right. it doesn't have right. to be technically correct. The plant man that Severian, the main character in this series, meets up with, uh, says that he comes from the future and his skin is green because in the future people inject algae into their skin so that they can do photosynthesis and they don't have to eat anymore. That's not fucking real. You can't fucking do that. <laughs> inject algae into your skin. But you just say it yeah. with a straight face. Like You just say it with, you say it with a straight face. I mean, honestly, I read it and it didn't even cross my mind that that would be fake. I, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm sure they could do that one day. Um, and you know who said this? This is why we're the pioneers of the future because we don't. We're too stupid to know what doesn't work. Another a trick I see in a lot of like, um, I've seen Keaton do this kind of shit where he gets so weird that it's like, okay, well, this doesn't even exist in the real world. Right. Uh, so yeah. anything goes. No, you're going to bed, dude. No, you're going to bed. No, sorry, you're going to bed. You're fighting too much. You're starting to piss me off. Go to bed. This is getting on my nerves. What time is it now? Eleven. Yeah, bro. Go to bed. No, you're going to bed. I'm gonna bust out the pack and play and put you in it. You can fall asleep on the bed or you can fall asleep in the pack and play. It's up to you. But it is bedtime. And for anybody listening who might be thinking, well, David, you're talking. What if you stop talking? If you stop podcasting, maybe he would go to bed. Fuck you. You don't know what it's like to be a dad. What do, what do you do? Well, you're a dad. What? You go to work? You have a job? You don't know what it's like to be with a kid for 12 hours a day. Shut up. I gave up on that. Have... With, uh, Rowan he doesn't do them anymore. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, I was, I was just like, Erica will try That's to get crazy, it to go man. down. And a lot of, you know, it's hit or miss. But I'm just like, nah, nope, not happening. He he breaks my heart every time. I spend like an hour trying, and then he doesn't do it, so I just give up. Mm-hmm. That's my parenting mm-hmm. method. I just give up. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I'm going to kill myself. I can't. <laughs> this kid just fought me for like 10 minutes, and he's still awake. He's still up. So, whatever, man. It's just, you know, it's, I'm tired. This has been a year, right? I mean, just a year of this shit. And I'm ready for him to talk and walk and be be able to just do things on his own. Because this, I mean, everything revolves around this helpless creature who can't do anything. I I yeah, get one hundred percent helpless they become. Yeah, exactly. Like I get one hundred percent like people who complain about this shit. I know it's not seen as Casey Anthony. 
<laughs> yeah, I know, right? I get it. I'm not saying she was right. Yeah. I'm just saying yeah. I get it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm always torn because it's like, on the one hand, you don't want to sound like a bitch and complain. And it's like people are just, everybody who's not in your position is like, oh, he's a baby. And I hate advice that people give too. Like, well, did you try feeding him? No. Wow, thanks. Yeah, feeding him. Why, why didn't that occur to me? Yeah, the, the, the 12 cans of food I have in my cupboard. I just I didn't even think to open it up and grab one of those and feed him. Yeah, no, he's, co- he's covered from head to toe in fucking pears and blackberries. Yeah, no, he's... he's clearly, clearly the problem here is that he's hungry. People... And this actually um, kind of informs the way I think about stuff. There are people who think that the only reason someone acts a certain way is based on the quality of their environment, right? Like people aren't assholes. They're just hungry or, um, you know, I don't know. But I, I tend to think that people are, what's the matter, bubs? Are the hiccups? Yeah. Yeah, people are people. Right. Like we get in, we get in moods. Yeah, people don't. Like, people they're, think that I'm crazy because I'll I'll say stuff like, "Oh, they're they're faking that," like that's not real. And the response will be something along the lines of, "What the what the hell is wrong with you? Why would somebody fake that they you know have fibromyalgia? Why would uh, why would I pretend to constantly be in pain?" I'm like, fuck, I don't know, but you are. You are lying about it. So, I mean, and that's Rios and I get that with, with parenting stuff because he'll be like he is now, right? He'll be, he he'll, he fought me in our little break there for 10 minutes. He just, he fought. Uh, his eyes were like closing and he would just snap them back open and roll onto his belly and start trying to play with stuff. And Rios's response would be like environmental. Oh well, you know he needs to have a bath or a, read him a story or, you know, give him another thing of food. And my response to that is, I've read him stories. I've given him food. He wants to stay awake. It's not that complicated. He th- there's this thing called a nap. He doesn't want to take it. And so he's going to fight as hard as he can to not take the nap. That's all there is to it, right? Yeah. And and people yeah. stay that Whenever way forever. Way. You know, they pretend to be sick or they, you know, they're really fat and they can't help that they're fat because it's everybody else's fault. And, you know, they're... God, yeah, it's just everybody else's fault. And everybody else's fault. And depressed. Like... I can't help it. I'm depressed. <laughs> like, I, I basically... Um, you know, when it comes to him, I accept all the failures that I that I bring to the table. Because I accepted this when, when she became pregnant with him and I found out I was going to be a dad. I made peace like, okay, I'm going to fuck up. right? I'm definitely not going to do this perfectly. But I just have to own the ways that I fuck up. <laughs> he said, yo, that's true. Um because I'm not going to be one of these people who's basically, you know, oh, well, I just, you know, I can't, I I haven't been able to write because I've been too busy being a dad and I, no, no, I'll complain about all that shit all day, but like, I'm not, I'm not, it's not his fault that I don't get things done, 
right? It's it's on it's on me. Uh-huh. And I just wish that people had a little bit more of that in them, a little bit more self-reflection to the point of saying, "Hey, I'm I live in filth. I weigh 400 pounds. Nobody likes me. Maybe maybe something's maybe it's me, right? And and maybe maybe I can change that." Because you already know what the response to that would be. The response would be like, I have depression and I hate myself every day. No, no, depression, that's another deflection, right? Because now it's not you. Now it's your depression. I've got family members I'm dealing with with this who have depression and anxiety. Wait, you mean mean being alive? You mean the thing that everybody has, unless you're a sociopath like Marcus? Like, everybody has those things. (laughs) It's... It's uh, fake in the way COVID's fake. Yes. It's like, well, I, I mean, sure, it's, well, yeah, it's out there, mm-hmm. but, like, you you still have to live. And guess what? It affects all of us. You're not a precious little boy. Right. Like. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And it drives me crazy trying to talk. Because my family member in particular, who I'm beefing with right now, I've, like, been there for them, like, constantly. And then one at one point, I finally lost my patience because they ended up, uh, doing something that I thought was a little beyond the pale and I lost my temper but now all of a sudden it's on me it's it's all on me like I'm the one who you know and I'm the, the poor little sick person who just can't I, I can't control myself because I'm at the mercy of these demons and it's like bro shut up if I did what you did to you you'd be irritated too because it's an irritating thing so just fucking own it <sighs> it'll be impossible to ever get through this like uh i thought it was a good thing a few years ago when people were being more open about the, like mental illnesses and stuff and talking about it because like growing up it was like you don't talk about sure that yeah so nobody ever knows what the fuck's going on right but then the attention got to people yeah that's it and the deflection got to that's people. it they were like oh well, it's not me. It's I'm bipolar. Yep. And you're not allowed to think that, like, back in the day, we'd be like, oh, you're bipolar? You're fucking crazy. I don't, I don't I ain't fucking right. with you. But now you're you're an asshole if you say anything negative to that person for that reason. Exactly. Like, that's it. That's it. It's man, the, what the Right. Fuck? It's the spectrum. Like, it's the spectrum. You're talking about the spectrum. And this is where people always get confused about what I'm talking about. Because they, well, because maybe the terms are difficult to understand, but I think you put it really well with depression being like COVID. It's fake in the same way. Is there a disease called COVID that you can catch and that can potentially kill you? Sure. It's everything that's built up around that. It's being too afraid to leave your house without a mask, even though it's April in Oklahoma, who I, I still see people like that you see what i mean like you both of those things can be true it can be a real thing and it can also be fake what you're doing about it can be fake um and depression is the same thing it's just i don't i don't understand what the end game is other than people getting put into this libtard you know therapy industrial complex where they spend the rest of their lives circling the drain about the same problems where like you said, it's a spectrum where you don't necessarily want to be the buttoned up, never talks about their problems until they explode in a fit of alcoholic rage dad, but also not somebody who's going to wake up every day and be like, oh God, 
something's just not right. I need to go to therapy again and talk about everything and relive my life, all the things that I did wrong again, or the things that that were done that were wrong to me. I don't get what is so difficult for people to get that that neither of those things are good. Yeah, yeah. Like me, like I, like I am bipolar, and that's like something that I feel like that I struggle with, mm-hmm. but I that shit's not gonna cripple me or stop me a lot of it is like like we bring marcus on the podcast again and talk about he could shit talk me for hours about just how bipolar i am because mm-hmm. uh he seen me on some on some bitch shit and on some angry shit mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff and always made fun of me the entire way and people need friends like that yeah. i appreciate all the times he made fun of me for uh having an episode or whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> but because you have to know how to my thing with any kind of mental illness shit has always been how do i handle this to adjust to just living yeah Yeah. like i don't want to let it consume my identity Mm -hmm. i want to if i could get rid of it i'd fucking press a button and get rid of it but how do i just adjust to just live to just be regular yeah yeah back when i was it and that that should be the goal of conversation around it not like you know mm-hmm. how do i make this about me mm-hmm. how do i uh get away with shit because of this thing how do i get something out of the something more out of this it's like i just want to be fucking regular like, oh dude when i was in my mid-20s and was going through the what i call the dark times i explained all of my shitty behavior away because i was depressed and when I say depression, I mean depression. I mean, you know, going to run my car. We've talked about this on the show before, but like going to run my car off the road, you know, that kind of shit. Uh, taking all kinds of research chemicals without caring the dosage or what that might be doing to my brain or my body or anything like that. So, again, this isn't coming from a perspective of somebody who's just lived a perfect privileged life of never being sad or having depression or anything like that. But things only started getting better once I started taking responsibility for them. You know, I got back with my wife. I got in shape. I, uh, you know, I'm getting the the press back on track. I'm writing again. I have a kid and our relationship is great, even though I really wish he would take a nap right now. Um, All of those things stem directly from you get to this point and it's a physical feeling and it's like a pressure. It's it's. A kissing cousin to rage where all the unfairness in life starts to build up and it's kind of it makes you feel like you want to punch something or throw something and you because all of these things that are out of your control have made your life more difficult than it has to be and the biggest secret to life is that when that feeling comes when that pressure starts building up the only thing you can do is just eat it all, the only thing you can do is take it up the ass and it's not it's, it's i wish there was some cooler thing like oh you go to therapy about it or oh you can do this or oh you can do that oh you can you can just drink and and you know uh drink so much that you forget about it or whatever but you can't you just have to take it and life gets better after that once you let it rape your butt you get you get better 
Yeah, you just learn to take it. You just got to. Mm-hmm. So anyway, sci-fi. Yeah, my my <laughs> big thing. <laughs> so, my my big thing is just shutting up. When I know that a lot of like that, I don't know what to do. I'm like, bro, just shut up. You know you're about to go on somebody. Right. You're about to be super extra. Yep. And then at the end, you can be like, well, I'm sorry, I'm bipolar. I'm this. No, just don't. Nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody fucking cares because you still said the thing. That's it. Or you still did the thing. You still punched the mm-hmm. wall. Nobody cares. Mm-hmm. So just shut up. Yeah. Let it ride over for an hour or as long as it takes, and then nobody. And then nobody's mad. Mm-hmm. They might be weirded out that you're being so fucking quiet, but <laughs> it's preferable. I get quiet now too. Getting quiet is a very masculine trait. And just like letting things sit inside of you is very, it's a very masculine thing. And um, I used to not do that. I used to think, oh, I'm going to go to Facebook. I'm going to write a status about this. Yeah, that never turns out well. That never turns out good. <laughs> the world is what the world is. Man. And you can, you can, you're just having a great time. <laughs> he loves it. He's hearing daddy yell, and he's just like, this is fucking great. I am enjoying the shit yeah, out of myself. this is what I wanted. This is what I wanted. I wanted you to carry me around and scream about depression into a microphone. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> he is genuinely having fun, though. It's really, it's really funny. Agitators for the kids. Yeah, agitators for the kids. Oh, thank you for the shirt, by the way. I'm going to post that soon. Uh, just got to put it in the wash, but I got the little agitator shirt, the one of one. Oh, hell um, yeah. The one of one. But, Our kids get these shirts. None of y'all get nope, these shirts. Nope. Um. Anyway, yeah. Just to like, I don't know why that that kind of shit annoys uh, annoys me so much. Uh, I think it's just because I see it so much. It's just nothing. Everything is just nonstop complaining, which is kind of what I'm doing right now, but not really, right? I'm I'm trying to be forceful without complaining. I'm I'm trying to give people the answers. You play with your taco truck? Yeah. There there has to be a point to it. Like, I, I have, like, a fixer mentality. Anytime that the, somebody comes to me with a problem, I'm like, mm-hmm. well, you just gave me a task because I can't mm-hmm. just... I'm not I'm not just a listener. Unless you're like, I just need you to... I, I just need to vent off some steam or whatever. I'm like, all right. But, like, you're going to have to tell me that because I'm a fixer. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, how do we, like, make this better? I mean, if you're bitching about it, then let's do something about it. Yeah. And that's all people do on Twitter and shit, and why it's gotten so boring. And I'm fucking, it just gives me a headache. I don't even look at it anymore. Like, I saw, I saw a tweet that was great, and it was that maybe instead of joking and talking about things, maybe silence is the best answer. It was from an occult type person who was coming at it from the angle that thoughts are egregores that have lives of their own, and that by talking about them, you're, you're keeping them alive. And I was, I liked it. And then I saw that the rest of the thread was like, and that's why you shouldn't make jokes about gay and trans people. And I was like, nope, that's not that's not what I mean at all. So I, I unliked that shit. I was like, never mind. Um, but, um, but that that idea, you know, giving things air, giving things oxygen, it, it is all like fire. And I just wonder, some things will never go away. Like racist cops will never go away. Um, uh, you know, the IRS will never go away. I'm doing my taxes right now, and I'm probably. For as much as I fucking don't, fucking don't make money and, you know, I'm certainly not rich, I'm about to pay the government some money, even with the child tax credit, you know, because all my work is untaxed. 
Um, yeah. But like, okay, so that kind of shit that's won't why, go. That's why I'm unemployed. Yeah, that's Wait, that's it. <laughs> you might want to cut that out the episode. <laughs> but I've already filed my taxes. Okay, so it'll be buried by the time next year comes. Yeah. Um, but okay, so like again, there's this. Everybody's just like all all team team system and all team you know self actualization. And I don't know. Yeah, you just, you know, I was talking to my buddy the other day. Um, he's my best friend. He is black. And we were talking about police brutality, which we've talked about on the show before. And he was telling me stories all through growing up about encounters with the cops, how he would go into bars and, you know, like one at one point, a drunk guy just thought that he stole his phone. And a dude who's just piss-ass drunk thought that my friend, who was completely sober, stole his phone and called the cops. And the cops were listening to the insane drunk guy and not listening to my friend, you know? So it's like when you get to stuff like that, okay, that's a systemic problem. And I don't really know what to do about that. I know that, uh, you know, not telling jokes or that's not it. That's not the answer. No, absolutely not. But... I guess the kind of, and this is what I told him, it's, you know, at the, at a certain point, it's like, you say, damn, I'm sorry to hear that, but there's not, there's nothing you can, like, that's just the way that the world is. I wish that the world was more fair, you know, I wish that my best friend didn't have that kind of thing happen to him, but he's a strong enough, he's made a real man out of himself by, by not letting that turn him into a a fucking crybaby about everything. Yeah, yeah. A lot of things are about reaction too. It's not like systemic issue. I don't know how to fix any fucking systemic issues, and that's why I'm not a very political person because it's like a big waste of time to have an opinion on any of that shit. But uh, you can decide how you're gonna react to shit. I mean, it's you know some of it involves not going to certain places, which is like well that's fucked up that's you saying that black people can't go to that i'm like i don't it, maybe you shouldn't if it's gonna end up in you getting arrested right. like fuck that place who cares mm -hmm. but i mean if it's that gay that you're gonna get arrested for being a certain color then why would you even want to fucking there's a it? reason i but, don't um, go to compton or <laughs> or holly holly yeah, grove it's all the way in california yeah right <laughs> right right yeah no i mean but I don't. I don't want the, of all things that we say on this podcast to get misconstrued. I don't want to misconstrue this. I'm not like neither of us are saying that that it is a good thing that you know there are some places that might not be amenable to black people. Like that's not cool. It's not okay. Uh, I don't care if that makes me sound like a libtard. I don't give a shit because it's it's not cool. Well, it's just some. It's just some places are... No, we're just talking about reactions. Because, like, on the flip side of that, that's not a separatist thing at all. I, um... I don't know, call it what you will. I've always hung out in black spaces. It feels familiar, maybe. It just something... I don't fucking know. I'm not gonna fucking deconstruct, you know, my wiggerism on the podcast. Mm -hmm. But, like... You know, I'd go to, like, the Blue Iguana Club in Houston or whatever. Mm -hmm. Be the only white person in there. And get weird looks from time to time but everybody's having a good time and you just who fucking cares or like 
the racist ass like segregated hick town school that i went to in 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 junior high where i went i go to sit at the black table and they're like what are you doing here I'm like eating lunch what are you doing here you're not allowed to sit here nigga i'll sit wherever i want mm-hmm. oh really fight me i will bitch mm-hmm. and then everybody's friend like if that's all based on reaction mm-hmm. it's like what do you okay well here's what you're presented with what are you going to do about mm-hmm. it and that's still person to person. It's not like there's, a, there's not really an answer. No. It's just no, there isn't an answer. You have to figure out how you're going to react to things. Yeah, and we are in this impossible position where it's like what we're saying is coming from a point of view where like I don't have a problem with the police at all. I tell him stories about my interactions with the police, and he's like, "Wait, what? What?" I'm like, "Yeah, no, it was mostly positive. They <laughs> they pulled me over. I was drunk." And they were just like, okay, well, go home. And he's like, are you fucking kidding me? I'll be like, yeah, man. So, I don't know, dude. It's not it's not fair. But, I mean, my whole point is that uh, life, isn't, life isn't fair. <laughs> Which is yeah. just like, it's probably my most way. right-wing opinion about anything is that, you know, right-wing people, at the end of the day, they have a view of things where it's like, life is tough get a helmet that kind of thing it's always how my dad was and uh-huh. my papa and all those people and i always hated that shit i was like but life does, but it doesn't have to be that way yeah it does yeah it, it does it's it's not fair it's full of fucked up shit and it's on you to figure out what you what you yeah. do with that well because we see what happens whenever like being nice becomes the political policy that fucks everything up about what it takes to actually make a living yep. like oh we're, we're all busy being nice so i guess we're basically china now yeah 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 being nice is the most important thing and then everything starts to suck and things do suck more than mm-hmm. they more than they suck 10 years ago i will stand by that things were much better 10 years ago and it's not i mean it wasn't better for me i was a fucking mess but things were objectively better art was better uh whatever i mean it's all the same shit that we've talked about before but yeah we're bringing it back being being nice is gay yeah 100 percent. even to your friend like not even like in the way that you react against things even being nice to your friends that shit is fucking lame Mm -hmm. i'll never be close to anybody who i know is like like i know people who are genuinely they're nice people they're and they're like kind people they're sweethearts Mm -hmm. or whatever but I feel like there's things I wouldn't, like, just the way I am, I wouldn't be able to completely be mm-hmm. that around mm-hmm. them. And so I'm like, yeah, we're not going to be close. So, like, as as nice as you are, I, get, I mean, I hope you have other nice friends, I guess. Because, mm-hmm. like, we're definitely not going to be tight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not nice. You I'm not be... a nice person. No, no. Nice is so fucking boring. Yeah, I'm polite. But I'm not nice. Like, my wife isn't even nice to me all the right. time. Like, that's part of, like, the... That's the, a sex thing, yeah. Um, well, yeah, everybody knows that, like, flirting is, like, teasing, sure. right? Like, you're not... That's uh, commonly pointed out whenever, like, you know, the, the little girl pushes the little boy off his skateboard and calls him a faggot Mm. it's like oh she likes you right right and that's what rios does to me all the time i'll just be in the fucking garage trying to kickflip 
She comes in. The fuck are you doing, dickhead? Nah, man. It's, um... Yeah. Every time I try to, like... I, I don't know. People, people are so funny. Because they'll hear this and they, they think, you know... Oh, my God. This is just... This is a monstrous way to think. And the irony of the whole thing is that we're better people than they are. Like, we're genuinely better people. And people like us... A hundred And people like us more. <laughs> and we're actually kind uh, in ways that, that matter. Whereas, like, everybody who positions, like, kindness as this public policy type thing is 100% all the time, like, the worst person you can possibly imagine. Like, they're monsters mm-hmm. who have weaponized kindness to be even more monstrous. And then you have people who uh, break all of those rules, but it turns out when it when the chips are down, like, they're the ones who will take a neighbor in when they lose their house or will help somebody put a fucking awning up or you know what i mean like i don't i don't know why that is but it has held true my entire life it's because you understand like i mean at a certain point if you're like just kind of rough around the edges and mean-spirited i mean it's probably because you've actually you actually deal with shit yeah and so you can see in other people going through shit like that they're having to deal with shit and it's like hey let me see if i can help this person right you you basically you you help with a frown or you you ghost with a smile i have a lot of like when i was moving bro i called a lot of my friends who are on the on the lib spectrum just for like little little favors to see if they could just just make my life just a it would be a matter of you know something that would take me an hour to do would take them like 10 minutes to do um and i won't get any more specific because then everybody will know who i'm like whoever listens to this will know who i'm talking about but i would call it oh yeah no sorry sorry i can't i can't do it i can't do it but like my crazy christian neighbors who like believe that the earth was created uh, six six thousand years ago, uh, I could I, like I don't even have to ask them, and they would just be like, "Oh yeah, we took care of it for you." Like we noticed that you know this the little thing needed doing, so we just did it. And so I mean that kind of that kind of scenario. It's like when I lived in Portland, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden, I was living around all these people who had perfect politics, you know, just just perfect politics, and you start to find out like. These people would not piss on you if you were on fire. They have no interest in helping mm-hmm. you whatsoever. They're completely self-absorbed and, you know. And that's not everybody who I knew in Portland. I'm still friends with a lot of those people to this day. But a, another significant amount of them... Uh, it's like once you... Once you fucking check all the boxes of how you're supposed to be, it gives you license to just be a dick to everybody else you know what i mean like oh i go online and i put the fucking ukraine flag in my in my bio and before that i had the black lives matter flag and before that i had a blacked out instagram square it's like so now using all of this newfound language that i can weaponize for my own purposes 
Now I can be the worst person. Dude, the people who, I don't mean to keep bringing this up and I'm not going to talk about it too much, but during my first cancellation, like those are all social justice people who were my friends. You know what I mean? I know I brought that up a lot, but I think it's just really illustrative of what I'm talking about, where it's like these people spend all day railing against the white supremacy and the patriarchy. And then they straight up, just like stab a friend of theirs in the back because they thought it was mildly advantageous for their writing career to do so. I mean, you can't, you can't get more stark than that. And how well is that going really? (laughs) Well, they're not great writers. So, I mean, not good, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, any kind of studio or big entity or whatever is going to want, to sell stuff and so if you suck then like i guess have fun being a backstabbing latinx pansexual whatever the fuck that means that's it damn i wish i was what does pansexual mean again just you like everything it means you like you'll just stick your dick in a vacuum cleaner that's what's up i'm a pansexual (laughs) yeah yeah, it pretty much means you'll fuck anything. Like, so, you know, a child, a dog. <laughs> uh, Imagine having to explain to your kid, like, daddy's pansexual. And your kid's just like, but don't worry. The, kid, the kid's just like, I'm trying to watch Moana. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't care about your narcissistic, self-absorbed, uh, your fun new words that you learned. Words are fucking crazy, man. This reading the book of the new sun has given me a new appreciation for how cool words can be because Gene Wolfe went and found archaic terminology for things that are still words that you will find in an English dictionary, but sound fucking awesome. And it's gotten me on this kick of trying to use weird words in regular sentences. Um, But like the way most people use words is just this kind of like they'll make up a term and the term is designed to make it so that you're never wrong. You know what I mean? The perfect example of this was the privilege discourse that started five or six years ago, right? They created this perfect Chinese, well, it's not a Chinese finger trap. What am I trying to say? They created this, this, this perfect uh, loop, right? Like just a strange loop that can, that can never be beaten, right? Where it's like you have privilege and if you don't admit it, it's because you have privilege. And it's <laughs> it's like when kids play the game called I Win, and how do you play the game? The game uh-huh. is I Win. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's I all win. privilege ever ever Where's was. The, it was like for college educated, um, you know, white people whose you know great 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 grandmother uh, had talked to a slave at one point. They were able to now use the the privilege discourse to pretend. That everything they said was go like about anything. You'd be talking about an episode of uh, Supernatural, and they would be like, "Well, I'm right about that because you have privilege." Which, by the way, that reminds me. The reason why I brought up Supernatural is because I went to the gas station the other day, and it was like the fat nerd behind the counter, and then the other clerk was a black dude, and the black guy he was, he was like, "Man, I stopped fucking with that show when they took Thomas off, bro. That was my dude." And I was like, "What are they?" What are they talking about? So I was just listening, and yeah, it turned out they were talking about the show Supernatural. Yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, it was just like, I don't know, it was so fucking hilarious to me. But um, 
<laughs> they took my dude, Tom. I was like, yeah, I didn't fuck with that show after that shit, bro. And I, I don't know. I don't even know if there's a character named Thomas. I'm, I'm, I'm filling in the details. I'm embellishing the details of that name because I don't remember what it was, but it was just funny because it was a supernatural thing. Um. Anyway. Ah, feels good to rant. Feels good to rant a little bit. Do a little ranty pants. It's another. I uh, the only the only statistics I wish that we could break down on the listenership of this show somehow, and uh, I probably don't want the logistics of how this would actually become a thing, like brain chips or something. Uh-huh. But I uh, I'm just curious how many haters regularly listen and how many um just i get nothing but good feedback on this yeah, show i just really i really love our fans yeah we have like a, we have a wild fan it feels good too it feels good to actually just do something that people like which i think that as artists is all we've really ever been trying to do um it's it's this kind of uh you know we make cool i've, I've been making cool shit for for 10 years and the other piece to that puzzle is that you know you hope people like it um and so this show, <laughs> the funny thing is that this show has been the biggest thing that i've done in probably since i started broken river broken river had some had some heat on it when it when it first started and still does right broken river is legendary now but like agitator is it's funny because i did like five years of the jdo show with like no real fan base there was a listenership but it was mostly like whatever author was on they would get people to listen to it agitator is cool because you know you just have like regular people who are like hey a thing you're doing is cool and i'm like oh that's that's all i need that's fucking all i needed i didn't need money i didn't need any of that shit i just needed to feel like uh i wasn't going fucking insane yeah well we became the answer the change we want to see right because for years we've been talking about man i wish people could just be fucking regular why can't people be nuanced why can't they just chill out yeah um and that's what i get all the time about the show i'm like what like you know for a while i was like why did why do people fuck with this like i fuck with it of course but mm-hmm. like wh- what is it yeah it's um, just nice and people are like y'all are just so they're like y'all are just so real like yeah you just just talk like normal people and i'm like well yeah that's kind of yeah i mean i I understand it's gay that that's like something that's lacking today Mm -hmm. but because it should just be like normal you Mm -hmm. know it's like but i mean yeah 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 i don't know Uh, doing this show so far a lot of uh anger and bitterness has been lifted off of my heart and i no longer just walk around frustrated by stuff because i feel i feel like i'm just out in the open now and be when you do that you start to just feel normal again it's it doesn't feel normal to feel like you have to hide all the time you know so becoming a nazi in public has really you know it's just it's who i am deep down and um yeah we're just embracing who we are. We're just living our truth. No, but for real, I mean, it's just, you know, I'm, like the the whole thing, 
that I think has frustrated many people about the past 10 years, 12 years, however you want to, if you want to put it in 2010, 2012, uh, where does Jack, Jack puts it in like 09 or something like that. Um, all those things might be true. It's around about that kind of time. But what it really has felt like to me uh, for the past 10 years has just been this kind of steady uh, uh, removal of things that you're allowed to think and say uh, publicly. Um, and that has an overall effect on creativity. Talked about it on the show before, but you know, a lot of people I know aren't writing books that they want to write because of some mild fucking thing in the book that they feel like will get them canceled or something. And um, people have this really bad tendency of when stuff like this goes on, they like to downplay it. You've seen this, right? Where it'll be, it's, it's, the, it's the internet thing of that doesn't exist. And if it does exist, it's actually good. Um, so the, a big thing recently has been, you know, cancel culture is not real. Um, <laughs> whenever people say cancel culture is just rich people who don't want you to criticize them. I, I literally just want to tell people, okay, then uh, say the N-word. Just say it. If it's, if it's not yeah, real, or... if it's not real, if, if nothing, if it's, if it's just a completely made-up fiction, uh, then say it. See what happens. And, and those people are always like, yeah, this person still has a job. How is this person still working in this? Blah, blah, blah. How is this person still publishing books? I'm like... Oh, but cancel culture isn't real. Yeah. How does that fit? Your goal, you're you're showing your ass here that your goal is to get them, like, destroyed. Oh, they want, like, there are some people out there who want us to never publish another book ever again. They want us to just go away, and it is a sick and disgusting uh, violence that they want to perpetuate. Um, namely because they think it'll get them points with their in-group, right? Um, they want to come back with a scalp. But, you know, it's it just it all goes to basically to this point of, you know, you people are on a side of the complete destruction of people's will to create and live. And you th- if I'm giving any credit at all, it's because you want a more equitable world for people you believe are, are dispossessed. I don't think that anymore. I don't think you actually care. Yeah. So it kind of fuels the fire at a certain point too. Um, not, I don't know. Lately it's not like, it's not like a revenge cause I really don't, it, I've become so disgusted and, uh, post pity towards those people where they're just like pathetic and repulsive to me that and also don't really have any effect on anything we do whatsoever but there's still something about it that like it just makes me a little happy to see them cringe every time i'm like i want to see i just want to keep doing shit to make you cringe (laughs) who wants to be industry anyways who cares like it's a lot of them just don't want to put in the work thinking that like there's a step up from indie to big publishing it's like big publishing is going out when's the last time you saw a book out on a table at a store and thought that looks cool never fucking they're all fucking gay nobody's reading that shit my son is finally asleep he fell asleep 
He couldn't stay up. He had to sleep. Had to sleep. He had to sleep. And he couldn't sleep. Uh, what was I doing? Oh, that's right. I was summing up. And to sum the whole thing up, it's like, yes, you can get canceled because I don't foresee a world where people are knocking down my door to work with me really anymore besides you know the homies who are cool anyway mm -hmm. um but like a big press isn't going to be like oh shit like you know we got to get j david osborne so like I'm, I'm effectively canceled in that way but it doesn't really matter because i mean i'll just do it independently basically yeah that's like gay anyways and like some of the like ends that i had with that shit that wouldn't have mattered like that didn't really care that are more like us but they have those connections and I won't name them here but like you know they freaked out recently like bro I just want to give all this fucking New York shit up and go move to like some rural place and farm and shit I'm like that sounds dope you should do it you should do it yeah just leave all this nonsense to the it's like Game of Thrones, dude. It really is, man. If you or like the Aesop Rock line, if you want to win, just don't play. And so I just I just don't play because, you know, you can take you can be hated by the sum total of everybody on Reddit and that's still just a fraction of real people who exist. Mm -hmm. Um especially when you're talking about like Zoomers and shit who aren't even on Twitter. Um so i mean it just you know it's it's it can be tough at times i think to you know see like what you see on like to, well, i don't know just to get through your head that what you see on twitter is not real you know and i've noticed that people who have followed me who've had like you know 400 followers seem to have more influence over you know sharing cool shit than than big follower accounts you notice that i thought that was kind of funny right people who follow us and you know follow them back because they seem cool and you know they'll have four three four hundred followers but then they'll post something and it'll get like 70 likes and it, it it suddenly dawns on me that oh these people have actual real friends on on, <laughs> on the internet who yeah it's kind of like brendan you know what i mean like brendan doesn't have a huge account but every single one person who follows brendan does so because they like him because he's a cool person so and that's worth more than i don't know my 2000 half of those are you know writing world people who just keep tabs on me or ignore me completely so yeah and, and it's all um that's some kind of like commerce like uh uh, image commerce going on with the follower count anyways because like it's only the show to whoever you're trying to impress like I have 30,000 followers but mo like most of them are fake <laughs> and, are and if fake, they're real yeah. like the ones who are real have you muted because you're unbearable yeah so it doesn't it doesn't fucking translate I don't know I have 100% confidence that if I finish up writing this thing that I'm working on whenever I do finish it that it, it'll it'll work you know I'm actually writing something that's really cool um, which turns out was the secret the secret to getting rid of writer's block is to 
to try to write something really fucking cool. Yeah. And then you won't have writer's block anymore. Have fun with it. Enjoy what you're writing. Mm -hmm. That's why... I think that that's the main reason that I'm always searching for the voice. Like, that's always my... I don't consider it a block. It's just the thing that happens every single book that I approach. At the beginning, what it is, is I'm trying to figure out how to make it interesting, which means I have to make it different than the last thing I did. I can't do the same thing again. Mm -hmm. So I have to figure out a new voice. I have to figure out how to make it fun for me so it feels new and exciting. And then the, and then the shit just rolls. But, like, that is that yeah. is the trick. You have to figure out, okay, you know, it's, what's going to make this fun? And it's also, yeah, getting into it. I wish there was a, a better method for getting into the middle of the book and the the common wisdom on this is to just write a really shitty first draft and get get into it and then you know and then you're good and then you're rolling but it's tough for the way that I write because all my books are the shitty first draft I don't I don't really do second drafts necessarily I like I tweak Dry weather is a perfect example of that, where I just sent it to y'all, and then I was like, "Hmm, something's missing." Added about two thousand words, and then that's the that's the book. Mm -hmm. Fix the the commas and the spelling errors, and then that's it. So it's tough from a starting standpoint to just write. Well, I can't write a really shitty first draft because then it's not fun. That's not a that's not a fun creative process. That's just yeah. Because it's it's not your process to go back for a second round. So if you do that, then it's just mm -hmm. well, that, that's done. It's kind of, it kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So you just kind of have to. I don't know. Maybe if you just keep putting your characters in the, like the craziest situations you could think of. So every day when you sit down, you're about to write something badass. Maybe mm -hmm. that that's the way to do it because. That's what keeps me from uh, our current goal of just becoming writing machines, is if I can figure out the way to start effectively, then I'll get it. Then I'll get it going. You know what I mean? That's the last, the last real hurdle that I have is figuring out how to uh, not take a year to start a book. Another hack just meant is like the whole the goal thing of not being like well I'm working on this next book well this one book is going to be part of five books that I'm going to drop this year that's been really good at keeping up with the momentum to me like how we started off being like we're going to drop this many this year and uh, I was like okay well I don't have any like in production so I have to like actually write that many books this year and uh, I mean sure it helps a few of them to like collabos and stuff but like then you get going on one and any of the thoughts of like is this enough is this a, it's like it doesn't fucking matter this is one out of like five just finish this one mm -hmm. and if there's something you were trying to do that you didn't put in this one put it in the next one yeah that's a good way to look at it yeah I'm gonna do this um, yeah I'm gonna do this like kind of sci-fi fantasy thing but it's something that I haven't seen done yet and if it has been done nobody tell me because I like the idea that it hasn't been done, but it's just basically taking all those tropes and applying them to current day, you know? Like, uh, dragons is a good example. I don't think I'm gonna have any dragons in my book, but kind of like what I did with By the Time, 
where it's historical fiction that's based in the 50s in Siberia, but you know people can cut their hearts out and still live, and some people have shark teeth and like that that kind of uh, surrealist embellishment of the world. Heads in their pockets. Um, heads in their pockets, that kind of shit. You know, um, I want to do. I want to lean super heavy into that aesthetic for for this, and because we've done agitator we watched so many yakuza movies i want to take all the aesthetic trappings of yakuza uh, culture and just layer them over i mean maybe maybe it'll be a fake city maybe i'll just put it in japan i don't know shit about japan but as we've talked about on the show before that can it can still be cool but um yeah that is one thing that i just sort of noticed going back because uh by the time it's going to get published in swedish so whenever it's getting translated or whatever, I go back and I look at it because I'm always basically out of curiosity, like, wait, this book? Why? But I go back to it and I'm like, oh, like, there is nothing else like this book. Yeah. Still, um, 10 years later. I'm reading you know what it I mean? again for the, the audio book and it's like, I hold it in high regard and have since I read it years ago. But like going back to it again, God damn it! Like you're firing yeah. on every yeah. cylinder with that one, right? Yeah, and it's just trying to go back to that. It's like I had my voice right out the gate, and then I don't know, just do other things. I like all the stuff that I did. You know, there's there's not there's no books I have where I'm like, damn, I wish I didn't write that one. But it's kind of like that was the that was the vibe, and. I shall return to the vibe um, because that's what I always feel like is missing for me in in books it's you know I'll be reading a crime novel and I'll be like this would be great if you know there was a talking dog or I don't know it's just some weird shit thrown in for no fucking reason because it's a book because you're allowed you have no budget you're completely allowed to do yeah. that and a lot or of all of a sudden somebody's got medusa snakes in their hair or something like why not well, like, the thing you do, and I think you just intrinsically know, because I don't think you ever really fit into the Bizarro scene, and I wouldn't even call that book Bizarro, is because uh-huh. a lot of it, is, and this is a criticism that it, I think, fairly gets, like, that genre, is a bunch of weirdness for weirdness sake. It's just random shit. It's like a child telling a story. And, like, sometimes that's mm-hmm. amusing, but, like, I don't know, it's kind of just random and dumb. But you maintain a vibe, like like everything, like the the chick with the head in her pocket that bites at her when she pulls it out, and the mm-hmm. you know the whale mm-hmm. carcasses and the like, smoking a cow eye. It all just contributes to the whole surreal vibe of the Siberian yeah, it- gulag. Yeah, and it's something that I think was it, I was re-inspired by Dark Souls and Elden Ring because in those worlds you can do you can do all this stuff and it's just kind of accepted. In Elden Ring there's a boss who punches a dragon's head so hard that the dragon's head becomes his hand and now his hand can spit fire. I'm on a boss right now. It's one of the last ones who's got like a ghostly floating dragon or not dragon lion on his back. And when you get to the mid scene, uh, the mid the second half cutscene, he rips the lion off of his back, and blood goes everywhere. And 
but that's all fine in Elden Ring because it's this, you know, it's this fantasy world and people are primed for that. And so my whole thing is like all those aesthetic trappings, yes, give me those. Give me the the mysterious lore that you don't quite understand and the the like the worm a worm with a person's face on it and a, a sword that can uh you know induce poison whatever right like i'm just talking out of my ass you get what i mean but that but today you know that same shit but today um i just think it i just think it would be fucking sick you know have a huge kind of like gangster epic with with the, those aesthetic trappings layered over them yeah yeah and and i think the trick is too to not have like what i've noticed i enjoy versus whenever it doesn't really work for me is like uh-huh. not explaining anything because mm-hmm. like when they you know stories try to be like okay we're gonna have like dragons or whatever but it's like 2014 and it's a yakuza epic and let me set up the whole state like no don't set it up just throw us into it and like don't even exactly don't even have the yeah. characters react like a dragon drops on top of their car and they're just like ah oh, shit that's gonna be a bitch to repair and it's like wait are you yeah. gonna acknowledge the dragon or like is this a normal thing is this no. a it's like no no you don't you just move on that's exactly it that's what i'm talking about and that's why that's what i meant when i said gene wolf didn't care about the science because i'll get it fucked up in my head and i'll be like okay well if it's a world that we have right now with cell phones and the internet and everything like that like wouldn't it be wouldn't people be great like always talking about you know the the dragons that are everywhere no no they don't no it's just the, the same thing that, that you know people every once in a while you'll see a tweet about look at this crazy mountain lion that's in my neighborhood but people aren't constantly talking about mountain lions either um and i don't even know i mean like that might be another element that i actually take out of it because i, I haven't found a good way to make twitter and texting and shit like that work in books so it might just be a world where the internet never existed but it's still today but I'm, and I also at that point like I, I don't care to explore how different socio-political things would be different it's just you just take anything you want yeah you, know? you just don't sit on a scene too long I think about that a lot whenever I write shit that's about just normal ass people because normal ass people are on their phone mm-hmm. all the time and I mean yeah. my trick most of the time is just make the scene short enough to where they never pull out their phone Unless, uh, unless that's part good. of yeah. the conversation is something like something funny on their phone that they're showing, but like mm-hmm. besides that, it's just make the scene short enough that they don't pull it out. Yeah, but I think in the same way that we're talking about how you know a dragon could just hop on someone's car or whatever, you could just write something and just never have people get on their phones. Yeah, yeah. You it's know? that horror thing. And whenever just, horror just, writers start talking about just, how do I, I can't set this in present day now. Everybody's got a cell phone. It's like just pretend they don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's my favorite comeback to every writing thing. How do I do? M- pretend, make it up. It's it's not real. Oh, but people. Well, some people will have a problem with it, and those people are called losers. And it doesn't fucking matter. It would be so sick to read a book that. I don't know. That just took place in modern day, and phones are never mentioned, and to the point where it's a little conspicuous that they're that they are so not mentioned at all. Mm-hmm. 
Like, wait a minute, but wouldn't, wouldn't they just call each other to figure this out? It's like, no, no. You see, in this world, phones never phones never happened. People still have landlines. Wait, how do you shoot that guy in the face in broad day and then just get away with it? Why is he driving to go meet up with this person? Why wouldn't they just FaceTime? Because phones are not real. I'm doing that. Actually, you know what? This is a great conversation because from now on and in, in maybe in the next few things that I write, I'm going with that, man. Like I was uh, toying around with a little one that's it's about uh, people who make ghost guns. And uh, yeah, maybe in that one, nobody will have a cell phone. And I just won't, I won't even mention it. Yeah. It just, <laughs> there's a, like technology from today still exists. Like they can do Keurig coffee makers. They can, you know, they can make ghost guns out of 3D printers and shit, but there's just no phones. Yeah, because those are boring. Like it wouldn't. It's, it's not adding anything to the story. It's kind of a genius move mm -hmm. on uh, Grant's part, and something that he sent was a. Uh, the story kind of gets going by this one character not being able to get a hold of, uh, like these other characters. They're not able to get a hold of this dude, and mm -hmm. it would have like things would have gone maybe a little smoother if they could if he would have just picked up the phone. But like he simply was like. We just didn't answer his phone. Like, mm -hmm. that's like such a, like, that's a small thing, but like, that's just mm -hmm. great. Cause you can acknowledge that it's there, but it's just like, well, he didn't answer his phone. So all this shit happened. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I mean, it's great. I, one of the cool things about books in general is that you, the author has the ability, like I said, to just create whatever they want to create. And, <laughs> It, it seems like a fucking huge waste of time to get hung up on attempting to mirror the real world. Because if there is one thing that we have plenty of, it is the, the quote-unquote real world. The internet. Like we have the internet. We have Twitter. We, have, we are bombarded with the real world all the time. So why are you, as a writer who can imagine anything that they want, why are you attempting to reflect reality yet again through yet another prism it doesn't make any sense to me yeah and we we put a nail in the coffin on the realism shit with the dead boy thing yeah like, oh yeah we went hyper realistic that's exactly what i'm talking about that's what i'm talking about though in that book the dog comes back to life because of monster energy drink and it is never remarked upon again in the book it just kind of happens. And that's people's favorite part that, that have like told me, like that have read it and come back to me like, bro, that was lit. Like you, you just, you just bring them back with monster mm -hmm. energy. I'm like, yeah, you know, electrolytes. That's how you do it. Yep, that's it. Yeah, you have to, we, as, as writers, we have to embrace our inner retard and just be like, I could research things for two years and make sure that I get all these facts right, but as a reader, I don't give a shit. I just, I don't care. When I'm reading Philip K. Dick, and, because he kind of did that back in the 60s, you know? Mm -hmm. He kind of had these books that were set in the 60s, ostensibly, but it would just be like, you know, robots were real. Um, I don't care. Oh, uh, you know? the, Yuri Herrera. I'm reading, I read yeah, Transmigration yeah. of Bodies a while back. I'm reading Science Preceding the End of the World now. And they all just feel like dream states. They just feel like the book world. Because that, he don't explain shit. You're like, is this post-apocalyptic? Mm -hmm. Is it present day? 
there's a bunch of weird shit happening like mm-hmm. and like but this before the covid shit with transmigration it was like why is everybody in masks like what like what is that about like, right it but yep. you just sink into it into this into the world of this book yeah because it's a mystery you know it's very it's mysterious you're trying to figure things out once people explain things did we learn nothing from episode one the phantom menace where they started calling the force uh, midichlorian and you know that it's a genetic thing and we all know that that was a bad idea right Mm -hmm. nobody liked that um but and yet we still i don't know yeah yeah we get tethered to this idea of what reality is and it's completely anathema to what a fiction writer is supposed to be doing which is making fiction i don't know this has been very helpful i think to me and hopefully helpful to people who are listening to it who are writers it's like why don't you just like have these radical outside the box ideas of you know uh what if the thing that you're writing isn't real (laughs) and has no uh fidelity to reality whatsoever it just doesn't have to be reading a book nobody has a phone halfway through someone picks up a phone is that a continuity error? No, because he has a phone now. <laughs> now, now the phone exists. <laughs> yeah, but that's always in all my favorite shit too. It's like, well, that's a continuity error, and it's like, well, maybe they just didn't like want to show you how that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Maybe the explanation of how that makes mm-hmm. sense was boring, so they just didn't show it. Yep that's what people don't understand like all the movie poopers things it's like oh they made a mistake here because it's the um jrr tolkien and there's a recording of him where he says every time he's at a bar somebody comes up to him and says in the lord of the rings why didn't they just give the ring to the eagles and fly the ring to mordor and he he says that whenever he is encountered by people like that he just tells them to shut the fuck up (laughs) just shut up that's how he says it. he's very British. He's like, oh, shut oh, up. Shut up. <laughs> and yeah, that's the only answer to it. Like, well, because there wouldn't be a book, dude. I mean, come on. You can't have the eagles fly the ring to Mordor. Yeah, it's, it's like, why Why did God fuck up Job's whole life instead of just being like, you don't tell me what to do, Satan? Well, because mm-hmm. then you wouldn't have the book of Job. I don't know, because... There are all these, uh, man, I have spent so many worthless hours agonizing with my books about things that like, well, why wouldn't they just do this? It would be, it would make more sense. I did that a lot with Lowdown and because of it, it's a very tight book where everything pretty much makes sense, but I could have had a much easier time of it if I was just like, oh, they did that because, you know, they're characters in a book that is still a fun one though because it doesn't feel like explaining like all of the stuff mm-hmm. all of the i i could i could see where it's like this scene has to exist to rationalize how things are going to happen later but it's all it's all interesting so yeah. at least you got that he's got to be interesting yeah he's got to be interesting well i guess that'll do it for this one um is this one good? I don't even know. Is this a good episode? It was a good conversation. That's how I gauge them. I'm like, I, I mean, oh, we had a good talk. Uh, what, are your, 
What do you want to talk about when we come back? Are you just going to jump right into Metal Gear? or Jump right into what? In the Metal Gear? Oh, in the Metal Gear. Uh, yeah, when are we coming back? What are we... Are we taking like a... Are we taking April or... Are we... Oh, that's a good question, actually. I was thinking two weeks, but we could do... We could do all of April, yeah. Actually, all of April makes more sense. Why not? We'll just do this, right? Just like conversations, like little placeholder conversations until we until we're back, back. Yeah, sort of have a. Because I'm currently like uh, I'm enjoying the book of the new sun, and that's going to take me a while to read, and I don't want to use my free time to watch. Yeah, May. We'll come back in May. We'll come back in May. I know that. Um, Ren wants to talk about Marabito, which will be cool. And then we're going to have Eddie and Fella talk about Metal Gear. I'm going to talk to Adam about Coin Locker Babies. Um, and those Metal Gear and Coin Locker Babies are going to take some time. And it's not just Coin Locker Babies, it's uh, in the miso soup and piercing also. So that'll all take some time to get read. Yeah, yeah, got to go through Metal Gear. I want to be like at least knowledgeable even if we're like talking about overall metal gear or the mainly the first yeah. one or whatever i want to be like sharp about it with uh especially mm-hmm. having fella on um because he knows his shit bro that yeah. guy loves metal gear yeah i love that he loves metal gear that much and that's exactly bro that is so exactly what i'm t- talking about that's why I love that guy, and that's why I love this kind of group of friends. That we, like, these are people who just love things, even if they're not even things that I like. You know, they'll be like, "Oh, I just got this, you know, a CD of Pink Floyd." Pink Floyd's not my thing, but they're perform they're performing um, enjoyment. You know what I mean? Yeah. In a way that, like, I don't really know. I know Fella is. Uh, he's like us with what he thinks about stuff but that is never like front and center of his of what he chooses to share with people no. it's like look at this picture of you know of solid snake yeah he or, shares you know, being at work uh, charlie xcx and metal gear yeah and gay shit yeah yeah that's pretty much it but I don't know. I just fucking I dig it, man. It's it's so cool to know people now who are just like free to enjoy life. <laughs> it's just so nice. They just like things. My wife is like that. My, that that's that's one of the things that the the main reason why I think my wife never really got too into like the libtard space. It's because she just she just likes things too much, you know what I mean? Like she uh, she likes K-pop a lot, so her whole and like right now she's really into Drag Race. She just watches Drag Race all the time. Um, but because she likes those things, that's how she spends her spare time. You know, yeah. is like listening to this music or watching this TV show. And when you do that, you don't have time to. <laughs> concern yourself with the latest plot line that's come down the pipe for you know the thing that you're supposed to be upset about 
you know and she's like i mean she she thinks more like on the lib side of things i'm not going to call my wife a libtard but she's more on that side of things but like what we're talking about i think and the reason why she and i get along and i can get along with people who think differently is that all of those things are kind of secondary structures for how you decide to live your life and they're secondary to the things that you enjoy about life so we just don't fuck with people now who put those kind of things front and center because they're miserable right right and there used to be a time when that was just normal it like the politics thing Mm -hmm. didn't matter and the reason you didn't talk about it and the reason people could go without just without talking about it is because right that shit didn't really affect anything like Uh if you're a decent person you're a decent person and you might have and you simply just have different ideas like that are out of your exactly out of your control anyways it's like i think this should happen okay well you're in no position to make that happen so it's cute that you think that right yeah like if phil and i had worked moving furniture together 10 years ago we would have just talked about metal gear the whole time you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> or Metal Gear or some, some game or whatever. And, you know, maybe every once in a while something would get brought up. And, you know, considering where I was 10 years ago, we'd probably be on different. But it wouldn't have mattered, you know? Because at the end of it, it would have been like, oh, no, he's cool. Motherfucker knows everything about Metal Gear. Um, and that's that in and of itself is a is a life-affirming position to be in right now for people of all political backgrounds you know i mean i might think that some of the things you think are are stupid but i encourage everybody to take this track and that doesn't mean i want you to think exactly like me or kelby or whoever really but consider the idea that you can go back to living in a life-affirming way where you enjoy art (laughs) <laughs> just consider just something yeah, to think yeah. about I, I love that um, I'm not an American Horror Story fan but I love that like Jack has been doing that with certain shit like lib mm-hmm. shit basically where he's like this is actually good and you know <laughs> getting right. the perfume nationalist cult following to be like oh this is really good but that mm-hmm. it's like yeah it's fine it's like retarded but it's good i mean you you can enjoy it like so i, th- I think it's kind of mm-hmm. gay but like if you do enjoy it you can don't be yeah. led by ideology just enjoy stuff yeah yeah it's not my thing it doesn't have anything to do with its politics it's just not my thing um but yeah yeah because i had this vision today while i was driving uh i dropped rios off at work and i was driving back to the house and i was stopping by homeland on the way to pick up some some drinks that i like and you know i was talking about earlier in the conversation how this time of year you pass strip malls and you start to feel like you're in a time warp and you start thinking about them you know sort of back in the day uh and i think what the the nostalgia for that time really represents is a nostalgia for a kind of you know when i would wake up in the morning and i'd have to go to school in high school let's say i would I would go and I would go talk to my friends. We would talk about, you know, fucking 
we talk about like South Park or something or whatever we had seen the day before, and then we'd get off of school and we would go play guitar and listen to System of a Down and you know whatever. And we, I could not imagine us talking about about politics or the world, you know. So I think that's what the nostalgia is really for right now. Yeah, when, yeah, just when you did it didn't matter because it was boring yeah. and it's still boring but people act like it matters and that's... yeah yeah well okay so we'll take we'll do two more of these um, and uh, I don't know I guess um, I guess what I'll do just so that we have some content to talk about because I'm, I'm serious this time like this is the last fucking time I'm going to talk about I don't know social justice or woke people or whatever I feel like we pretty much put a pin in that so from here on out I want to be I want to be performing the thing that I'm talking about so I'll just keep reading book of the new sun and you keep doing what you're doing and we'll just kind of talk about that shit next episode hell yeah shave my chest we'll talk about that you shave your chest oh <laughs> <laughs> I was just, gonna be I was like, just picturing the things that, that how you just like do what you're doing. It's like just picturing mm-hmm. the things that could have. <laughs> That'd have been hilarious though. I just if I'm like shaving my chest, yeah. <laughs> like just you just you know keep doing what you're doing. Oh yeah yeah yeah. It's yeah. gonna be prime content here. It's great content. It's great content. All right, dude. I'll talk to you All later. Right, later. <laughs>